everyone. I'm back. Today, I want to talk about a message that I've been hearing God tell me, and probably, most probably, this is for all of us. And I entitled this message, Not My Will, But Your Will Be Done. Let me pray first. Lord, truly, it's not our will, but your will be done. Lord, we do things not just because we want them. We, do, we made the decision that we will do things in our lives for your will. We submit our will to your will. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, today, to be honest with you, this is our 80th record, recording, preaching, more than 80 now, and we'll be, we've been doing this consistently for the past uh, year and a half. And it's not always easy. Like today, if you may pray for me, because really I'm not feeling that well today. You know, my strength is weak and it's been a long week for me. But you know what? The reason why we're doing this, even if we're tired, is because we want His will. I believe that later on after this, I'll probably be going to rest. <laughs> but pray for me that I can share the word with you. And I'm not going to allow the enemy to stop me from sharing this word with you. But before I do that, let's talk about free will or freedom of choice. I like this. When God created us in this image, it doesn't mean we look like God physically. It means we have his nature. We have his character. And his nature is love, joy, and peace. But one of the characteristic and nature of God is freedom. Love is free. If it's not free, then it is not love. Joy is free. And the same with peace. It's free. One of the best gifts that God has given to us is the freedom of choice. Whoever the sun sets free is free indeed. Freedom is his nature. Freedom means we have the ability to choose. We have the ability or the freedom of choice. We're not robots. We can choose the things we want to do, the things we want to think. Our minds can select what we want to think, right? It's called selective thinking. No one can force me to think otherwise. Whatever I feel like thinking, I can think of that. I have choices. We can choose to think godly thoughts or we can choose to think worldly thoughts. We can choose to feed our minds with thoughts that will glorify God or thoughts that will weigh us down like fear, unbelief, worry, anxiety. Me, I, you know, past years, past many years, you know, I go against that, those thoughts. You know, whatever is pure, whatever is holy, whatever is noble, whatever is admirable, whatever is excellent, I think about those things. We have a choice. And the choices we make, the choices we make is very important. If you want to win in this life, if you want to be strong in this life, we have choices. We either become winners or losers. If you want to win in the physical, for example, your health, you have to win in your thoughts. You have to desire and tell your mind, no, I've decided I'm going to be healthy physically. If you win in your thoughts, you know, if you win in your thoughts, you will win. But sometimes, even our thoughts, we are weak. You can't just will it. You need the guidance of the Holy Spirit to guide the way, guide you in the way you think. Willpower is not enough. We need the Holy Spirit's power in order for us to win. Our biggest enemy, actually, let me just say this. Our biggest enemy is not the devil. While he is our enemy, he's not our biggest enemy. Many times, our biggest enemy is ourselves. 
many times we give the devil too much credit. Like, for example, something happens to you and say, oh, the enemy is attacking me or there's brownout or there's no electricity. The enemy is attacking me. Guys, it's not always the enemy. Many times our biggest enemy is ourselves. Why? What do I mean? When you wake up in the morning, okay, it's not the enemy who's attacking you. You're going to make, you're going to start making choices. The moment you wake up, the moment you get out of bed, in fact, one choice, one decision you're going to make in that particular day when you wake up is, are you getting out of bed? Okay. Are you getting out of bed? Sometimes people don't want to get out of bed because of fear or because of hopelessness. Again, it depends on how you think. If you don't deliberately choose what to do, that's already a choice. Should I brush my teeth or not? <laughs> Should I sleep some more? Should I wear this or this? Should I be grumpy or not? Should I think of work or should I think of my kids? Should I think of um, what? My friends? Should I think of my problems? Should I start the day with prayer? Should I start the word uh, the day with meditating on, on the word? Should I be still? Should I give God the first 30 minutes of the day? These are all choices that you make the moment you wake up. Should I run? Should I exercise? Should I eat this food? What food will I eat? Should I drink my vitamins? So many decisions to make, right? Well, these were the words spoken by Jesus to his father in the Mount of Olives. These are the exact words. He said, Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. Jesus had a choice. Jesus had a choice, okay, to follow his father or not. And when he, he was talking to God about this, Jesus made the choice to follow his father. He knew that in the next coming days, he was going to be crucified. He knew that it was going to be torture. It was going to be painful. And yet he did not take the easy way. He did this because it, he knows the father willed it. And it was the right thing to do in a, just to accomplish the purpose in his life. When he realized the plan that was about to happen to him, no matter how gruesome, no matter the suffering, he yielded to the will of his father. He voluntarily gave himself up on the cross because of his love for the world. He said, no one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. See, I love this verse because... You know, when Christ died for me years ago and I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, I thought he was just forced by his father. I thought, you know, he's very, he's a good guy. He just wants to obey. But no, he voluntarily laid down his life for you and I. It was a choice he made. It was a choice based on love. It was a choice because he loved us so much that he was willing. He was willing to die for you. Do you know of anyone who's willing to die for you? You know, I have friends, family members who probably would be willing to die for me. I'd die for my kids. But Jesus was willing to die for the very people that tortured him, his enemies. He can love anyone. Another verse, it says, no one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily. It was voluntary submission. He said, for I have the authority to lay it down. He has the power to lay it down when I want to. And also to take it up again. 
for this is what my father has commanded. That's in John. That's the New Living Translation. You know, I used to think that Jesus, again, just gave his life until I read, because he was commanded by his father until I read this verse. Jesus wasn't forced. He was not forced. But you know, he asked his father, you know, when he says, take this cup from him, it showed his humanity. It showed that he was actually a person, the, the person in Jesus Christ. You know, he was merely asking, is there no other way, please? This is my translation of this verse. Jesus was the example of humility and obedience. He did not just obey with his actions, but more importantly, with his heart. I remember the young boy that was told by his mother to sit down while he was eating, and the little young boy won't obey. He won't obey. So his mother repeatedly asked him to sit down or else. So he slowly sat down on his chair and angrily looked at his mom while doing so. With the look on his face, you can read the boy's mind saying, I may be sitting down on the outside, but I'm standing up on the inside. Does this ever happen to you where you follow rules, you know, uh, externally, but internally you're disobeying? Real obedience comes from the heart, a heart that is willing, a heart that says your will be done. I willfully submit to your authority with gladness in my heart. That's a hard thing to do. Hard thing to do to yield to another's, another person's will. God created us to have desires and wants. Sometimes, though, we should seek God's plans over ours. We should seek His over ours. We should desire what He desires. We should will what He wills. That's why the famous verse in Matthew 6.33 says, But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. You know what's funny? I used to think that if I sought first His kingdom and His righteousness, everything I wanted will be given to me as well. I thought of it as a formula when I was a new Christian. It was like a formula that if I sought him first, everything else I'm going to get. I get what I want, okay? So I'm going to seek you first. So I get a new car. I get to travel. I get all I wanted. My heart, my heart wasn't to know this God or his kingdom. My heart was to get what I want. Then I realized that this verse was written for me to mean that it, we should know him and we should seek his kingdom. Seek him first. Know him first. Seek his righteousness. Seek what he wants. To know his righteousness. To know his will. To know his plans. To know his desires for my life. This verse tells me to align my desires and my wants to his desires and his wants. This verse tells me that by seeking him first and his kingdom first, Hopefully, I'd learn to desire his will first over my will. And when that happens, all other things that I desire, that he too desires, will be given to me as well. So it's like a change of heart. It's like when you seek God first, you'll begin to want what he wants and already submit and surrender what you want. Because I already want what he wants and it becomes easier. But in the start, I realized, wow. There, I'm so selfish. There are things that I just want. You can't manipulate God. You can't change his mind. He knows how you're thinking. He knows your intentions. He knows your motives. Another thought. As I was thinking about faith, 
you know, faith is believing and hoping for His will to happen and not be doubting, right? Many times, God's will and plans are so big, most of the time, if not all the time. The will and plans of God in your life are bigger than you. What does that mean? It means you can't achieve it on your own. It means it takes a supernatural God to make it happen. A supernatural outworking of the Holy Spirit because His vision for you are bigger than your vision for yourself. It will require you to believe. It will require you not to trust in yourself. It is our job to believe and it is His job to accomplish it through us. I love this. It says, it takes great faith for impossible things to happen. But it takes even greater faith to surrender our will over His. I find it true, so true in my life. You know, I can believe God for so many things, big things. I'm a, you know, I'm a big thinker. I, I, big, I believe in big visions. But you know what? Not until I begin to really trust God did I start believing in even bigger things. Sometimes it's so hard to give up the things that I want in order to get to where God wants me to go. I say, Lord, if you're willing to take this cup from me, and the next line is even harder. Not my will, but your will be done. I know God's plans are the best, but sometimes, to be honest with you, it's hard to surrender our will, our plans. It's hard. You know, I remember the greatest commandment says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This verse tells us to surrender not just with our hearts, but also with our soul and with our minds. The battle really is in the mind. My mind should always be thinking that God's best is the best way. I may not understand it at the moment, but I will sooner or later. My prayer focus for you and I is that God will give us the grace to surrender what we want over His, to surrender our plans and choose His plans over for our lives, that we may realize He's the God of wisdom. He's the wisest of the wise. He's the God of grace. The opportunities you're experiencing today, who, where did it come from? It came from God. The blessings that you have today, where did it come from? By the grace of God, it came from Him. The God, our Father, who cares for you, for you and I. But sometimes we have to let go. We have to let go of our will and tell God, God, even if I don't understand, I choose you. I have a choice. Thank you for giving me a choice. Lord, I choose you. Not my will, but your will be done, O oh Lord. In Jesus' name, amen, right? Folks, you know, I'm just excited for what God's about to do to you when you start surrender, surrendering everything in your life. God's done great and amazing thing for me and my family the moment I started walking in His will. Some of you here, you haven't received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You haven't in your heart. You know, you may know Him in your head. You may know Him for, from your parents or from some teachings, but your heart is not yet surrendered. Okay? And you know, where did it get you? By not surrendering. You realize that this world cannot offer everything. 
But with God, you have everything. Only Jesus can fill the void in your heart. I know some of you are going through troubled times. Maybe financially you're down. Some of you relationally, you have problems. And some of you physically, you have health issues. And to many, there are addictions and, and stuff going on in your life. God wants you to surrender your will. You have a choice. Today, you can make that choice. Today, you can make that decision to make His will be over your will by receiving Him as your Lord and Savior. If that's you today, and this is your day, and you said, God, I surrender everything. 